Well, good morning. It is Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. I really appreciate you so much. I just wanted to tell you that, if I could, if, if that's okay with you. I, I, if, I, if I haven't told you that before, I truly appreciate you coming every day. It's very nice of you. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me or X to me. Questions, insights, maybe you want to fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as a Twitter. Uh, let's start as we usually do. we got a lot of stuff today. Uh, let's start as we usually do with the war in Ukraine. Yesterday, a U.S. Senate uh, committee approved legislation that would help set the stage for the United States to confiscate Russian assets and hand them over to Ukraine for rebuilding. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee voted 20 to 1 in favor of unprecedented rebuilding economic prosperity and opportunity for Ukrainians at... And you know how I like legislation that spells something. Rebuilding economic prosperity and opportunity. The Repo Act. (laughs) Uh, If I were, uh, if it were to pass the full Senate and House of Representatives and be signed into law by Biden, as expected, the act would pave the way for Washington's first ever seizure of a central bank assets from a country with which it is not at war. The House of Foreign Affairs Committee has passed a similar bill, also with overwhelming bipartisan support. Uh, Cardin said he expected the Democratic majority, Senate and Republican majority, uh, House uh, would be able to resolve the differences between the two bills. The EU, United States, Japan, and Canada froze some $300 billion, it's actually, I think it's $288 billion, of Russian central bank assets in 2022 when Russia invaded Ukraine. Only about $5 billion to $6 billion are in the United States, with most held in Europe, and most of those in Belgium's uh, Euroclear Central Securities Depository. You can bet Russia will have something to say about this pretty soon, maybe today. We will see. Uh, Russia's permanent representative at the UN in Geneva, Gennady Gadilov, made remarks at a plenary uh, session at the Conference of Disarmament. He said, the U.S. and NATO's commitment to escalating the Ukrainian crisis is pushing nuclear powers towards a direct military clash with catastrophic consequences. It's funny he's saying that they're doing it. He's the aggressor, right? Russia's the aggressor. How, how 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 come the defense people, the people who are helping Ukraine defend themselves, how come they're the ones pushing, right? <laughs> the diplomat added that Russia is committed to understanding developed back in the uh, uh, 1980s that there can be no winners in a nuclear war. It should never be unleashed. But as I've said before many times, that is a quote from the 1980s movie War Games, which is a movie you should probably go see, even though it's it's... 
It doesn't really hold up because the technology is so old that they use in it, you know? <laughs> it's kind of... It's, when you look at today's technology and you look at what goes on in the movie War Games, the original one from the... Uh, 83, I think it was. I, it's just crazy difference and it's 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 kind of laughable it's like it, it was a high budget movie at the time but but you think you look at it and you say oh well, this is like a low budget movie nowadays it looks like that anyway uh ukraine has neither confirmed nor denied that it hit the plane uh uh you know, that plane that was downed but said moscow had created a deliberate threat to the life and safety of its POWs by failing to warn Kyiv to deconflict the airspace airspace before the swap. Uh, the statement followed a now-retracted U- Ukrainskaya Pravda report, which claimed that the military had shot down the jet. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, called for full clarity over the crash. Zelensky said in his nightly video broadcast, it is clear that the Russians are playing with the lives of uh, Ukrainian prisoners, the feelings of their loved ones, and the emotions of our society. As I said, it's possible Russia leaked that they were, this is what I talked about yesterday, I think, uh, that uh, they leaked that they were transporting missiles in the hopes that the plane would be shot down. The SBU uh, press service said in a statement, the security service of Ukraine has opened a criminal investigation into the downing of an IL-76 Russian Air Force plane in the Belgorod region. Ukraine says it asked the UN and the International Committee of the Red Cross to inspect the site of the Russian military transport plane crash. The UN Security Council will meet later today to discuss Moscow's charges that Ukrainian forces shot down a Russian transport military plane. According to the Russian news report, two black boxes of the Russian IL-76 military aircraft that crashed in the Belgorod region will be delivered to a Ministry of Defense laboratory on Friday. Yeah, like anything that comes out of there, we can believe. Uh, There is also news that military and political VIPs of the Russian Federation were supposed to be on board that plane, but at the last moment, the FSB stopped them from boarding. There's also a story that the names on the list of prisoners were names of other prisoners that had already been traded. In the original story, from day before yesterday, I think it was, there were two planes with prisoners. The other one had 80. Is it possible that the one shot down didn't actually have any prisoners, but instead had missiles. I saw the video of the crash. The crash produced an unusually large explosion, uh, according to the video that I saw. Point is, there are so many stories that we don't know what happened around this plane being downed. My story is that the explosion after the crash after the crash, was due to missiles being on the plane. No other news organization has said that. I'm, I'm going to, you know, stick that on me if it's wrong, of course. Uh, TASS news agency quoted Kremlin spokespuppet Dmitry Pesky Peskov as saying that Putin's trip to Kaliningrad is not Kaliningrad is not intended to send a message to the NATO military alliance. Uh, Pesky Peskov uh, said about Kaliningrad, we will come. And we will go immediately to the university, Baltic, Baltic Federal University, named after Immanuel Kant, 
where uh, Kant with an A, K-A-N-T, uh, where communication with students will be free on the occasion of Students' Day, Tatiana's Day. But I wonder how Putin will get there, being that he has to go through NATO airspace to get there, and he's wanted by the ICC. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that that's the, Kaliningrad is just above the Sawalki Gap. We've talked about it numerous times. The International Court of Justice will hand down a judgment on Wednesday in a case in which Ukraine accused Russia of violating an anti-terrorism treaty by funding pro-Russian forces that shot down Malaysia Airlines flight MH17, killing all 298 passengers and crew in July 2014. The case was launched in 2017 and predates the Russian full-scale invasion of Ukraine in 2022. Uh, they had already invaded um, uh, the, the uh, Crimean Peninsula. Uh, Ukraine also says Russia breached a UN anti-discrimination treaty by trying to erase the culture of ethnic Tatars and Ukrainians in Crimea. <clears throat> How was your week so far? I'm having some coffee. Don't mind me. How was your week so far? Everything good? <sighs> the International Court of Justice. Oh, I already did that. Tatars and Ukraine, Ukraine. Yeah. Ukrainian media outlet Ukrainska Pravda is reporting that in December 2023, 81 cases of uh, grenades with uh, toxic substances were used by Russian forces. This includes the use of RGVO uh, gas grenade, which contains an asphyxiant substance, according to the media outlet, which cited a re representative of the Ukrainian Center for Research of Trophy and Perspective Weapons and Military Equipment. The center said that the sample examined was manufactured in 2023 at a Soviet-era Russian plant that was supposed to be destroyed due to Moscow's 1993 Chemical Weapons Convention's obligations. Oops. If true, it would be another war crime by Russia. Not to mention a, a violation of, of uh, uh, the Chemical we Weapons Convention. The UK Defence Secretary, Grant Shops, said, in, uh, said its allies needed to step up the amount of military aid given to Ukraine, writing in Politico. Shaps said Ukraine has done an unbelievable job of repelling its invader. It has retaken 50% of the territory stolen by Russia, but Kyiv needs more support, and not just from the UK. Uh, the finance minister of Germany has said it can, can't keep up with Ukraine's defense capabilities on its own in the long term and that others will need to increase bilateral contributions. Uh, so both Germany and Ukraine's, uh, uh, excuse me, Germany, Germany and the UK saying that they really, really need more help. This is to you, Republicans in the House, you annoying people. Uh, Boris Pistorius has denied any knowledge of an offer that would see German Taurus cruise missiles go to the UK with Ukraine receiving British storm shadow systems in return. His comments appear to be in response to a report yesterday in the German newspaper Handelsblatt, which stated that the UK had 
yesterday uh, had uh, ordered the deal to allow the German government a way of overcoming concerns about delivering missiles to Ukraine. You know, they just replace them with some others. Viktor Orban has said he will urge the Hungarian parliament to sign off on the Sweden's NATO bid at the first possible opportunity, as diplomats said Hungary's allies were exasperated by the country's foot dragging. Uh, Mikhailo Fedorov, Ukraine's Minister of Digital Transformation, who also serves as the country's Deputy Prime Minister, said in a post uh, to Telegram uh, uh, on Tuesday that Kyiv's latest tool to jam Russia's FPV, uh, first-person view uh, drones, was already actively used by the Ukrainian military. Fedorov said that the tripod-mounted AD counter-FPV system was developed by members of the Ukrainian Bravo research program, which was launched by Ukraine in April as part of an effort to accelerate the development of military technology. The portable system works by jamming radio communications between the Russian drones and their operators in less than a second. Fedorov said that the system weighed less than 6.6 pounds and could be installed on vehicles. So for those of you in Beverly Hills who have who have uh, these drones flying over your houses trying to get pictures of you to put in, uh, you know, TMZ and, and Entertainment Tonight and all those other places. Call these guys. Buy a system. And you can take control of the drones that are trying to get pictures of you. Just a suggestion. Recent reports on Russian military telegram channels claim that one of Moscow's best pilots of FPV kamikaze drones, known by the call sign Moses, was killed in southern Ukraine last week. Now, this, according to Russian news outlet Astra, a training ground near Lovosk in the self-proclaimed Donetsk People's Republic came under fire from a high-mobility artillery rocket system, HIMARS, uh, the shelling killed and wounded military personnel. Military blogger Vladimir Romanov said that the Ukrainian armed forces struck a cluster of UAV operators in the attack. So I wonder if those two stories are related. I wonder if this guy Moses was uh, died in that attack, if he was training people. That would be interesting. Russia launched 14 attack drones and five missiles at Ukraine overnight, according to Ukraine's Air Force Air Defense System, destroyed 11 of the drones. Russia's defense ministry said its forces have killed 130 Ukrainian soldiers in the Zaporizhia region, another 130 in the uh, Severodonetsk region, uh, area, and 45 more in Kherson. Ole Keeper, the governor of Odessa, has said on Telegram that two people were injured during the overnight drone and missile attack on the Black Sea port city. He said, despite the effective and fruitful work of our air defenses to repel enemy attacks, unfortunately, an industrial facility was hit in Odessa and residential buildings and civilian infrastructure were damaged. According to the Donetsk Regional's Prosecutor's Office, two civilians were killed by a Russian rocket that hit the town of Hernik. Her in Ukraine's uh, Donetsk region. According to Alexander Prokudin, the Kherson region's governor, one more civilian was killed in the Kherson region where Russia carried out 99 attacks, firing 392 shells from mortars, artillery, MLRS, tanks, UAVs, and aircraft. Ukrainian uh, security services orchestrated 
An overnight drone attack on an oil refinery in the southern Russian town of uh, Tuops. Uh, Tuops is uh, southeast of the Crimean Peninsula on the Black Sea, about 150 miles from the Kerch Strait. Kiev has ramped up strikes on Russian oil and gas facilities over the past two months, part of what it called fair retaliation for Russian strikes on its own energy infrastructure. A Ukrainian security force uh, source said... After two powerful explosions last night, a large-scale fire broke out there. The primary oil processing unit, namely the vacuum and atmospheric columns, were damaged. Uh, from what I understand, they had like 31 fire trucks out there to put it out, and they finally got it out. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be a while before the refinery is back up and running. Ukraine's foreign ministry has called out U.S. TV network HBO for casting a Serbian actor. It says backs the Russian invasion of Ukraine in its next season of the hit show, The White Lotus. Mihos Bikovic was given Russian citizenship in 2021 and was personally honored by Vladimir Putin for his contribution to the Russian arts. So I will not be watching this season of The White Lotus. And, you know... It's it's okay. It's an okay, it's an okay. It's a fun show, but you know, it's not that great anyway. And it's only six episodes. I mean, you know, come on. Anyway, now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the world. Oh, 18 minutes of Russia. That's a lot. Bernie, feel the burn. Sanders is getting to be the loudest voice in the Senate against Biden and Netanyahu, it is becoming clear Sanders, unlike most of the Senate, is not a wholly owned subsidiary of APAC. Uh, Yesterday, he took to the Senate floor to denounce Netanyahu and his far-right government. He said, Netanyahu's bombardment, Israel, is imposing onerous restrictions that are blocking the delivery of essential humanitarian aid. All of this is unacceptable. We are running out of time as we face one of the most severe humanitarian catastrophes of recent times. The head of the, excuse me, the head of the United Nations Agency for Palestinian Refugees, Philippe Lazzarini, said that Wednesday was another horrific day in Gaza, pointing to the Israeli military attack on the facility, sheltering tens of thousands of displaced people. Once again, a blatant disregard of basic rules of war. Yesterday, there was another bombardment of the Gaza Strip, where virtually the entire population is displaced and at risk of famine, with children facing the brunt of the crisis. The attack was carried out using tank rounds that the U.S., has rushed to send to Israel the Israeli government in recent weeks with Biden bypassing congressional oversight, violating the Constitution. Sanders said, This should not be seen as just a terrible crisis taking place many thousands of miles away from our shores. This is a tragedy in which we, the United States of America, are complicit. Much of what is happening right now is being done with U.S. arms and military equipment. In other words, whether we like it or not, the U.S. is complicit in the nightmare that millions of Palestinians are now experiencing. And I agree. Sanders went went on to criticize his Senate colleagues for overwhelmingly 
voting against his resolution that would have required the U.S. State Department to produce a report on Israel's adherence to the human rights law. Remember, we talked about that story a few days ago. Sanders asked, given the scale of the disaster, how could any member of the Senate tell us that they do not want to know how billions in U.S. military aid is being used? How can we not want to have that very simple information? My colleagues and I will continue to push for this information, which is absolutely necessary for Congress to conduct its oversight duties. Sanders said, we must now use our leverage to demand an end to the bombing, a humanitarian ceasefire to allow aid to flow to those who are suffering, and to secure the release of more than 130 hostages still being held in Gaza. We must also demand that the Israeli government begin the necessary work to lay groundwork for the two-state solution. There is a horrific catastrophe taking place right now. We cannot continue to ignore it. We must act. And... And in doing so yesterday, nearly every member of the Senate Democratic Caucus, including Sanders, has signed on to an amendment led by Senator Brian Schatz, a Democrat from Hawaii, uh, expressing support for a negotiated comprehensive solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, resulting in two states with Israelis and Palestinians living side by side in peace. The only Democratic senators who haven't backed the amendment, John Fetterman and, drum roll please, wait for it, Joe Manchin, of course. Israeli TV broadcasts, uh, they broadcast a recording of Netanyahu telling the families of hostages held by Hamas that you didn't, I'm sorry, that you don't hear me thanking Qatar. They have leverage because they finance Hamas. And at this point, Netanyahu is desperate to shift the blame. I mean, really. And what's really the funniest is that Netanyahu himself is the one who allowed the cash to be paid to Hamas to take power away from the Palestinian Authority. He's in trouble for that. He's, his, his numbers have tanked because it was found out that that's what he did. Anyway, Qatar said in, in comments, uh, if true... Uh, were irresponsible, but not surprising. He's talking about the uh, talking about the um, Netanyahu comments. Uh, the tiny Gulf Emirate has had high-level contacts with Israel since the 1990s, but they have never officially established diplomatic relations. Uh, Qatar or Qatar, if you want to say it, Qatar. That's what they call it. Has long championed the Palestinian cause and hosts political uh, leaders of Hamas, which is prescribed as a terrorist organization by Israel, the UK, and the US, and other countries. It, it, ha, it is, uh, excuse me, it has also provided hundreds of millions of dollars of aid for Gaza, which has been subject to crippling blockade by Israel and Egypt since 2006, when Hamas won legis, uh, legislative elections. And then the blockade was tightened the following year when Hamas reinforced its power in Gaza by violently ousting Palestinian, Palestinian Authority forces. Qatar's foreign ministry spokesman, Mahed al-Ansari, wrote on formerly Twitter, These remarks, if validated, are irresponsible and destructive to the efforts to save innocent lives, but are not surprising. For months, 
and following a successful mediation last year that led to the release of more than 100 hostages, Qatar has been engaged in regular dialogue with the negotiating parties, including Israeli institutions, attempting to establish the framework for a new hostage agreement and the immediate entry of humanitarian aid into Gaza. He added that Mr. Mr. Netanyahu appeared to be undermining the mediation efforts for reasons that appear to serve his political career. And, you know, that's largely true because just like Donald Trump, just like Donald Trump, he wants to stay in power to stay out of prison. Uh, Netanyahu. On the edge of the supposedly safe area called Al-Mawasi, in, uh, uh, that the Israelis have been encouraging Gazan civilians to flee to, IDF murdered an innocent man. That happens hundreds of times a day, but what's different this time is it was caught on video. An apparent, uh, apparently unarmed man walking with a group of men under a white flag with their hands up. One young man, Ramzi uh, Abu Salul, was being interviewed by the news. He said, I have my mother and brother in there with uh, this is a translation, with around 50 or 70 displaced people in another house. The Israelis came to us and told us to evacuate, but they didn't let my brother out. We want to go and try to get them, God willing. The interview finished, and the cameraman walked away, and then a gunshot. The interviewee had been shot and fatally wounded. The reporter said, you can see them place their flag on his chest, and uh, the white flag. As he was carried away, the white flag was turning red. Reporters asked the Israeli Defense Forces to respond to the story today. A spokesman said, we're not aware of the event, and it's still under examination. Okay. Can I just ask, if you're not aware of the event, how is it possible it's under investigation? Think about that. We're not aware of the event, and it's still under investigation. Really? An Israeli defense official later said that an Israeli analysis of the audio found that two weapons fired shots. They say one was an automatic that fired three bullets, and the rate of fire does not correspond to any rifle used by the Israeli military. So you're saying that the Israeli military has taken arms that belong to uh, dead Hamas soldiers and they're using them to stage uh, Hamas murders that aren't true? Is that what you're saying? The official added they are investigating further, so a fake investigation, just like any Israeli investigation into their own war crimes, is happening. The corruption of the Republican Party. Oh, yeah, we're moving to the United States. It's just so rampant that it seems to be normalized, right? And this might be uh, politics in general, but the Republican Party is at at its own level. It really is. And the corruption surrounding Cary Lake of Arizona seems particularly bad. Yesterday, the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party said he is resigning, claiming he was doing so amid pressure from GOP Senate candidate Cary Lake. Jeff DeWitt's, and Jeff DeWitt it was pretty big in the Republican Party. Jeff DeWitt's resignation comes after the Daily Mail published an audio recording of a conversation between DeWitt and Lake in which he explained to her that there were financial benefits to staying out of the state's 2024 Senate race. 
DeWitt said Lake threatened to release a more damaging audio recording if he did not resign on Wednesday. So it could be worse than we know. Lake uh, senior advisors Carolyn Wren and Garrett Ventry described DeWitt as making false claims. Wren and Ventry said in a statement, no one from the Kerry Lake campaign threatened or blackmailed DeWitt. It is unfortunate that DeWitt hasn't recognized how unethical his behavior was and still hasn't apologized to Arizona Republicans. Huh? Kettle? Kettle? Calling, calling the pot? What? Huh? <laughs> unethical behavior? Really? So attempted bribery and blackmail. One on each side. Which is worse, would you say? I think the blackmail is actually worse. Uh, DeWitt, a former Trump campaign chief operating officer and NASA chief financial officer, said that the conversation had taken place in Lake's home 10 months ago while she was an employee of his private business. In a statement posted yesterday, by the Arizona Republican Party on formerly known as Twitter, DeWitt said he believes he was set up in a bid by Lake to have control over the state party. Uh, now that's something I can believe. DeWitt would, I, I'm sorry, Lake would love that power. Uh, DeWitt said in a statement, this morning I was determined to fight for my position. However, a few hours ago, I received an ultimatum from Lake's team. Resign today or face the release of a new, more damaging recording. I am truly unsure of its contents, but considering our numerous past open conversations as friends, wow, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Uh, as friends, I have decided not to take that risk. I am resigning as Lake requested in the hopes that she will honor her commitment to cease her attacks, allowing me to return to the business sector, a field I find much more logical and prefer over politics. In the audio recording released, DeWitt says he was asked by very powerful people from back east whether there are companies that could put Lake on their payroll and keep her from running. He also says he would like to see a fresh face in the Senate race, and I wonder if this is anti-Trump, anti-MAGA sect of the Republican Party. You know, that makes me wonder that, right? Uh, in the audio recording, DeWitt begins to ask, is there a number at which dot, 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 Lake interjects, I can be bought? That's what this is about? DeWitt responded, not be bought. You can take a pause for a couple of years, then go back right uh, go right back to what you're doing. And Lake said, no. $10 million? $20 million? 30 No. $1 billion? No. This is not about money. This is about our country. Uh, Lake's uh, aides, Wren and Ventry, said... The tape speaks for itself. The Arizona GOP chairman, Jeff DeWitt, attempted to bribe Carrie Lake. Thankfully, Carrie is an extremely ethical person. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's funny. Uh, I, ethical person who rejected DeWitt's multiple attempts to offer her money and corporate board seats in exchange for Carrie not uh, running for public office. She will be an incredible senator for Arizonans. Uh, I remember, um, the, the uh, uh, independent 
Kristen Cinema, now independent, she used to be in the Democratic Party. Kristen Cinema is the one that she would seat, she would try and take. Uh, Lake said in a live stream campaign event yesterday, she thought DeWitt's conduct on the rec- recording was disgusting and said she felt DeWitt did a horrible job as head of the Arizona GOP. The former Arizona guber- gubernatorial candidate, loser, did not respond to allegations made by DeWitt in his resignation letter in which he claimed Lake threatened to release a more damaging recording if he did not resign. Uh, in his resignation statement, DeWitt said, Contrary to the accusations of bribery, my discussions were transparent and intended to offer perspective, not coercion. Corruption, corruption, corruption on both sides. Uh, Wisconsin Democratic Governor Tony Everts promised to veto a redistricting proposal that the Republican-controlled Assembly passed yesterday and that largely mirrors maps he proposed, but with minor changes that would reduce the number of GOP incumbents who would have to face one another in November. Evers' veto will leave it to the Wisconsin Supreme Court to install the state's new maps. If you remember, the state's Supreme Court last month tossed the current Republican-drawn maps as unconstitutional. We did that story. Uh, The court said it would draw new maps unless the legislature and Evers agreed to the ones first. Republicans continued their dirty deeds and now the court will likely get to uh, the job of drawing those maps. Uh, Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, who has long argued for keeping the current lines the same, said Tuesday night that he would happily pass maps proposed by Evers But then suddenly, yesterday, Voss defended passing the same maps the Senate did on Tuesday, which make some changes to Evers' maps, uh, the Democrat Evers' map, the governor. Voss said, we're trying to make the map slightly a little bit more fair. Fair for who? (laughs) Like like I say, I've always said, I I, I love this quote that that I use sometimes. All men are created equal. It's just that some are more equal than others. So, yeah, he wants to be fair for who? Evers posted on formerly Twitter that he would veto the maps because uh, moving legislative uh, district lines so GOP gerrymandering incumbents get to keep their seats is just more gerrymandering. Democratic minority leader Greta Neubauer said Republicans were simply trying to hold on to their majority. She said, drawing a map to protect incumbents is wrong and it's not what the people of Wisconsin want from their elected officials. Uh, Republicans, they have a 22 to 11 supermajority in the Senate and a 64 to 35 majority in the the Assembly, which is just two two seats shy of a supermajority. They have built their majorities under maps they first drew in 2011. Under the Evers map, Republicans would have a 53 to 46 majority in the Assembly and 17 to 16 majority edge in the Senate based on an analysis by Marquette University uh, Law School research fellow John D. Johnson did all sorts of research on it and found out Republicans would still hold the state, but not by as much. Trump is scared. And when Trump gets scared, he lashes out. You ever notice that? In a post on his failing social media platform, Trump warned he will blacklist donors to the electoral campaign of Nikki Haley. 
Trump said, Nikki, bird brain, Haley, <laughs> is very bad for the Republican Party and indeed our country. Her false statements, derogatory comments, and humiliating public loss is demeaning to true American patriots. <sighs> Pot, kettle, derogatory con- comments? Her anger should be aimed at at her third-rate political consultants and, more importantly, crooked Joe Biden and those that are destroying our country, not the people who will save it. I knew Nikki well. She was average at best, is not the one to take the take on world leaders, and she never did. I, I, you know what? Word salad. I can't help what he writes. I know. I know. Grammatically, it's horrible. I, I can't help that. I, I'm just reading what he wrote. Okay, verbatim. I'm not going to fix what he wrote just because he, he doesn't have a handle on the English language. This is Trump. What am I supposed to do? Uh, he continued, that was up to me. And that is why they respected the United States. When I ran for office and won, I noticed that the losing candidates' donors would immediately come to me and want to help out. This is, okay. This is what he's saying, you know. Uh, 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 this is standard in politics. This is this is what he said. This is standard in politics, but no longer with me. Anybody that makes a contrib- contribution to bird brain from this moment forth will be permanently barred from the maggot camp. We don't want them and will not accept them because we put America first and always will. Oh, okay, first of all, do you really think Trump is going to turn away money? <laughs> Come on. Well, <clears throat> okay. I know how politics work. Every single political action committee, well, not every single one, but most political action committees, every sim- single corporate donor normally gives money to both candidates. Does that mean that Trump will return money from anyone who gives money to Nikki Haley? That would be Trump placing a noose around his own neck and yelling, giddy up. I mean, seriously. The Trump campaign did not immediately respond on whether uh, this represents official policy. So what's going to be interesting is people are going to start looking at uh, political candidates. I'm, I'm sorry, political donations and looking at who donated to both. It's easy. It's easy to do the search online. You can do the search online. And then they're going to go to Trump and say, you said you would not accept their money. And here it is. You've accepted their money. Is he going to send it back? Oh, you're right. Come on. Moving on. Today, former White House uh, advisor Peter Navarro was sentenced to four months in prison for criminal contempt of Congress with federal prosecutors saying he thumbed his nose at the White House uh, at the House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Navarro was convicted in September on two counts for refusing to testify and provide documents to the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol, which issued its report and dissolved in late 2022 after Republicans won control of the House. We didn't want that uh, organ- that uh, uh, investigation under Republicans. We didn't want them in- investigating themselves. Uh, anyway, the charge carried. 
a mandatory minimum sentence of a month in prison. U.S. District Judge Amit P. Mehta handed down the sentence today and also ordered Navarro to pay a fine of $9,500. So four months and $9,500. Navarro's lawyer asked that any sentence imposed today be immediately stayed due to the uh, novel issues presented in the case, including Navarro's purported belief that Trump had invoked executive privilege. Mehta did not immediately rule on the stay request and has asked for further briefing. Navarro will have one week to submit a brief on the subject, after which the judge will rule. And, and Meta isn't going to take this bullshit. He already knows. Uh, uh, federal uh, prosecutors referenced the case of right-wing podcaster and former White House official Steve Bannon in their sentencing memo. Uh, Bannon, who has already been thrown in jail and was absolved by Trump, and brought back out of jail, and now is sent back to jail. Has not has been uh, has been fighting it still. <laughs> Bannon was sentenced to four months in prison on a similar contempt conviction in October 2022, but is seeking to overturn his conviction and has not yet served any time for that. On June 11th, 1963, something very rare happened. The National Guard is usually assigned to each state. Each state has its own National Guard, right? But in rare circumstances, they can be federalized. Extreme racist and segregationist George Wallace was blocking desegregation in 1963. President John F. Kennedy federalized the National Guard in Alabama, putting them under his control. Wallace flanked by his state troopers, had staged a carefully planned show of defying a federal court desegregation order, blocking blacks from enrolling in the University of Alabama. Wallace refused for request that morning from a Justice Department official that he allow Miss Vivian Malone and James A. Hood, both 20 years old, to enter Foster Auditorium and register. When confronted by the federalized National Guard troops, Governor George Wallace stepped aside and permitted the two blacks to enroll in the University of Alabama. Units of the 31st Dixie Division, federalized on orders from President Kennedy, arrived on the campus under the command of Brigadier General uh, Henry V. Graham. Now we are in Texas. Governor Greg Abbott is blocking Homeland Security from doing their job. Uh, Border Patrol is under Homeland Security. Biden has a few options. There could be a contempt of court for violating the wishes of the Supreme Court, and Biden could federalize the National Guard and take the border. I talked about that possibly happening a couple days ago. Enforcing the court's ruling, that's what he would do uh, with federalized National Guard. Uh, Right now, uh, Texas is using the... uh, uh, um, Uh, The National Guard is under the governor's uh, rule. Uh, Texas officials are defying the Supreme Court ruling, prohibiting them from blocking the federal government from removing razor wire installed by the state along the U.S. border with Mexico. The Texas National Guard is barring the federal government from entering an area in Eagle Pass where it has installed the wire. Once federalized, the National Guard would no longer be under the control of Governor Greg Abbott. Governor Greg Abbott posted on formerly Twitter yesterday, the Texas National Guard continues to hold the line in Eagle Pass. Texas will not back down from our efforts to secure the border in Biden's absence. Which is funny, 
because the Border Patrol is actually trying to control and secure the border, but Republicans block that because they want chaos on the border so they can have a political talking point. I, you know, even funding. Biden has been trying to pass funding since day one. Oh, this is so annoying. In response to all this going on with the governor, Representative Joaquin Castro, a Democrat of Texas, said on formerly Twitter that Abbott was using the Texas National Guard to obstruct and create chaos at the border. If Abbott is uh, defying yesterday's Supreme Court ruling, the president of the U.S. needs to establish sole federal control of the Texas National Guard now. On Tuesday, the Department of Homeland Security wrote to Texas demanding full access to the border by January 26, which is tomorrow. While Texas claims Shelby Park is open to the public, the federal government said it has not been able to enter. That means the Texas National Guard may be federalized tomorrow. Oh boy, I look forward to that happening. That will be hilarious. Big embarrassment for the governor. Okay, I guess I'm eating my words. But I also guess when it comes to the union and its goals, as long as those goals are met, or more importantly, not stopped by an anti-union president like Trump, they can ignore Israel and the war crimes, uh, the war crimes going on. It has been quite a delay by the UAW and its president, Sean Fain, on the final day of the UAW conference in Washington, D.C., and on the heels of an unsanctioned primary in New Hampshire, the United Auto Workers endorsed Biden, who is seeking re-election in November. In a speech, UAW President Sean Fain stressed the difference between Trump and Biden, who in September became the first sitting president to stand with strikers on a picket line when he joined UAW members during the battle with the big three automakers. Fain said, this November, we can stand up and elect someone who stands with us and supports our cause. Or we can elect someone who will divide us and fight us every step of the way. That's what the choice is about. The question is, who do we want in that office to give us the best shot of winning? Who gives us the best shot of organizing? Who gives us the best shot of negotiating strong contracts? Who gives us the best shot of uniting? the working class, and winning our fair share once again. Rarely, as a union, do you get so clear of a choice between two candidates. Then he shared a slideshow with details about how Trump and Biden have handled issues important to UAW members, highlighting that during the strike, Donald Trump went to a non-union plant, and remember, we reported on this, he went to a non-union plant, invited by the boss, and trashed our union. Fain declared Donald Trump is a scab. Donald Trump is a billionaire, and that's who he represents. If Donald Trump ever worked in an auto plant, he would be a UAW. He wouldn't be a UAW member. He'd be a company man trying to squeeze the American worker. Donald Trump stands against everything we stand for as a union, as a society. Biden told the UAW conference crowd that when Donald Trump was in office, Six auto factories closed around the country. Tens of thousands of auto jobs were lost nationwide during Trump's presidency. During my presidency, we've opened 20 auto factories with more to come. We've created more than 250,000 auto jobs all across America. We have a big fight in front of us. We're fundamentally changing the economy in this country. All anyone wants is just a fair shot. Biden added, 
That's what my economic plan is all about. That's what the UAW is all about. That's what your battle has been all about. The days of working people being dealt out of the deal are over in this country as long as I am president. Trump is scheduled to meet with the Teamsters president, Sean O'Brien, and union members next week, as the union also has held out on a presidential endorsement. The Teamsters invited Biden to a roundtable with members that same day. The union said, and I would be shocked if the Teamsters backed Trump, though a lot of them privately are Republican. Uh, Back in the day, finally, back in the day, roller skates were adjustable. Did you know that? Are you old enough to remember that? You would, they were made out of metal and you would stick a key in a hole uh, in, uh, in them and you would slide them back and forth so they would fit the bottom of your shoes and then you would attach them to your shoes. Horrible news. I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. I think that we should get together and try them on to see. Melanie, the singer-songwriter who wrote those words has died. And by the way, I didn't have those words written down. I knew them. (laughs) Brand New Key, one of my favorite songs of all times, was a metaphor for a woman wanting to lose her virginity with a man who was also a virgin. I have a brand new pair of roller skates. You have a brand new key. Back then, You would be censored if you outright put something like that in lyrics without it being a metaphor. Melanie was 76, and I'm sorry to see such a legend go. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Bring someone with you today or tomorrow. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S, on formerly known as Twitter. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.